0: Well, Jane Doe, welcome to a perfectly accessible podcast that's, episode. Only wait,
1: no, that's no, not exactly that's not what, what this is. That's not what we're doing here, Jeff. Oh, what? Okay, okay. Do you remember like a few days ago when we talked to uh, our friends at the City of Subdued podcast?
0: Oh yeah, I love those two, Annika and Maria.
1: Yeah, uh, we talked to them. They asked us questions, and we I answered remember that. It was, like um it's really similar to like uh uh like an interview sort of thing
0: i remember really dropping the ball on the question django
1: well uh i guess we're gonna find out if annika thought that it was worth editing the podcast to make you sound smarter or if she doesn't care about you
0: well listen i wouldn't assume (laughs) that she cares about me i wouldn't (laughs) assume anybody does django that's the difference between you and i is i don't assume anyone gives a shit about me um but I did have a fantastic time talking to them, and I am very excited for everyone to get to listen to this, and I'm also very excited to have those two on our own show at some point, which is not what this is. This is a podcast Mm. plant.
1: Oh, I like that idea. It's a very special episode that we've inserted into our feed. Exactly. Exactly. It's It's a podcast within a podcast. It's an episode of City of Subdued podcast featuring you and me I guess yeah oh yeah lots of talk about Roman
0: lots of talk about Roman but you know what hard not to yeah he is, we're just uh, sort of adding time well, to their podcast the longer we go but it's so thrilling for me to not have to edit a podcast and you know what Django as we just finished the book club and no people are throwing shade about us having not edited a podcast all right and that's on all of us for creating podcasts where there's clearly dead moments
1: well without further ado here's the city of subdued podcast i think we should find
0: another dead moment do we use our theme song music and then start their podcast which will have its own theme song music or should we just go into right now the beginning of their podcast
1: you just want all the theme song music everywhere all the time i don't want extra theme
0: song music i just don't know if there should be a trans like if it were our podcast we would have a vocal moment and then there would be music and then the podcast would start as it stands, we have an intro of you and I. So to follow the formula, it would then have intro music of our podcast. And then we would start the podcast, which is their podcast, which is probably going to have some type of intro
2: a little more subdued knock knock who's
3: there it's me and annika and we're here to do the podcast
2: oh perfect okay very good maria this is annika in columbia
3: and maria in happy valley
2: and we're here to talk about bellingham
3: the city of subdued whatever we decide to talk about we want to get to know you bellingham both the well-known and not so well-known um. Oh, we have our quarantine co-hosts here today. I have a very fun story about Burrito, yes. who has made a new friend. Okay. So, Annika, you you've heard stories about Burrito and his good friend Floof before. Yes. I've probably mentioned that. So, um, it's pretty unusual Oof. for for male cats to have BFFs, but Burrito did. He had an, a a best friend called Floof, who is also a male cat, and they uh, just hang out together all the time outside, sit on the porch together, go on adventures together.
2: Burrito's a pretty sensitive guy, I feel yeah, like.
3: Yeah, he's just, you know, he just you know? wants to love and be loved.
2: He doesn't let that toxic cat male masculinity yeah.
3: get in the way of him having positive relationships and fulfilling meaningful with interactions other males. with us. And just all living beings. Um, a lot of the time, what's positive for him is like killing them and chasing them around. But oh, okay. like other cats, what's fulfilling is to hang out. Um, <laughs> and burrito has recently made a new friend, and I, I met the owner uh, just a couple days ago, whose name is Confetti. <laughs> Confetti is super cute. It's got he's got this tail. It's like. On the bottom, it's skinny. And then it like floofs out like a Q-tip on the top, which oh. may be like why Burrito is so interested in confetti because he's got a Q-tip fetish.
2: <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, yes. I forgot about that.
3: <laughs> and um, so confetti has recently figured out where we live. And so sometimes we'll peek out the office window and see him. And uh, today he came and visited our, our, our back porch. And I didn't even know um burrito was inside of the couch so my couches are really gross and at some point we cut holes in them with the katana (laughs) (laughs) because we were like trying to find a wallet or something there's a bunch of holes in the back i'm i'm going to burn them in a a sacrifice a sacrificial ceremony at some point or something like i really have to get rid of them they're horrible to sit on but i digress (laughs) the cat was inside the couch so he'd like crawled into the holes and he was like stabbing me and i see I see confetti, and I just say, oh, it's confetti. And all of a sudden, Cat is outside of the couch right there. (gasps) So he's very excited to hear his friend's name. And um, they're still getting to know each other. They're not really at BFF status yet, but they're definitely at, like, I'm interested in you. I want to know more about you. Maybe we can go on a second friend date sort of situation.
2: I love that point in a friendship. (laughs) It's blossoming.
3: Yeah. Hopefully, you know, we can keep the hissing and... Cat fighting to a zero. <laughs> so I'm, gonna, I'm gonna keep my mom eyes on it just to make sure that confetti isn't a bad influence. But Yeah.
2: You would hate for burrito to be hanging out with a bad influence.
3: What about uh what about Romy? Is Romy making any friends, being social or Well is he still like social anxiety boy?
2: Yeah, he's I mean <laughs> Well, so this week one of my coworkers and I started doing a Zoom workout. Where we do ballet bar.
3: Fun. Ballet bar like you drink or ballet bar like you're
4: pointing it's like your feet.
2: A, yeah, pointing your feet. It's oh. a it's a workout thing. Yeah. Bar B A R R E. Mm-hmm. But um, so I started to do that and there's a point where I have to like lunge. And when I lunged, Romy popped out of his bed <laughs> and came over to me and was like looking at me and wagging his tail. And then he started to try and hunt my leg. which he has not done in a long time. So I don't know.
3: It's the spring Annika. He's all Twitter padded.
2: (laughs) I think he also, like, if somebody's doing something that he doesn't really understand, he just, I think he's like an anxious humper.
3: Oh, no. Imagine he'd be a really, that's a bad habit for a person to have.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, no. (laughs) He doesn't
3: understand the situation, so just stop.
2: Yeah, no, I, I know.
3: Time's up, Romy
2: yeah it would make things a lot worse so um no he we went to pause for a beer like a year ago mm-hmm. and Romy he got so like excited around all these dogs that he didn't know but I think he was also anxious and he so he just started humping a bunch of them <laughs> and so I like walked over and at first it looked like he was doing fine and I I I was in earshot and then I just hear oh that, he's just humping everybody and I walk over <laughs> and I was like, Romy and some lady was like, Oh, your dog's the humper I was like
4: Oh, oh no
2: <laughs> Romy the Humper. So yeah, that's that's how Romy is. Yeah. Precious baby. I know. So uh Maria, what is the hot goss in Bellingham this week?
3: Well it's less of goss and more just like a couple updates. Really we should we really need to stir up some shit, Bellingham because don't have a lot to talk about. Uh, <laughs> yeah. However, there were a few earthquakes recently. Mm-hmm. Annika, did you feel the earthquakes?
2: I did not feel the earthquakes. I, me
3: neither. I never feel them. Yeah. The only time I remember being in sort of a big earthquake situation, uh, were you in Seattle area around like 2001?
2: No, I was in Chawila, but I remember that earthquake.
3: Yeah. I remember people talking about it and I remember people commenting about things shaking. But I don't remember feeling anything. I always like, not that I want an earthquake to happen because that's, you know, foreboding and kind of scary. We're all terrified of the the big one up here in the Pacific mm-hmm. Northwest. Um, but I, I wish I could experience them while they were happening. <laughs>
2: <laughs> to knock it off your bucket list. Yeah.
3: The closest thing I've ever gotten to feeling an earthquake. Um, I don't know if any of our listeners have ever been to OMSI in portland it's where i grew up um they have an earthquake simulator and uh every time you went in it it would start playing i think it's a carol king song i feel I the earth, earth. Yep. move and then the whole thing would start shaking <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's funny i want to do that yeah I plus mean, i love carol king
3: yeah you only get to hear like two or three seconds of her but i think i have oh, okay. like a like a Pavlovian response to hearing that song <laughs> and like thinking an earthquake's gonna happen, or like you know, if the earth started shaking, I'd probably start hearing the Carol King song in my head.
4: Mhm um, yes.
3: um, here's something else that's happening. Lots of people in Washington are being uh targeted for unemployment unimpro- fraud and identity theft
2: <laughs> yeah we we got an email right from our work that was like. Red flag! Do not respond to emails that look like this.
3: Mm-hmm. It's a, apparently it's um, Washington in particular is having way more issues with this, or at least is ahead of the curve on this issue, meaning more cases not being better handled than mm-hmm. other other places. Um, big bummer is that you know now that they're aware of this happening, there's going to be some delays on. Payouts because they're trying to be extra careful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people have been waiting so long already. I'm, that's yeah. so frustrating. Like, we're lucky my boyfriend lost some hours. And so he's getting some unemployment benefits for the hours that he lost. And mm-hmm. that came in really quickly. And I just, it's so frustrating. Um, it, it must be so frustrating. Like, why, why is it so easy for some people? And some mm-hmm. people like haven't gotten any help at all.
2: Yeah. I, I know I've, been seeing a few people on just on my personal Facebook page that live in the area that are like, hey, I'm trying to figure this out, but it's saying it's being processed. But my claim has been pr- being processed for weeks now. I'm confused. What am I doing wrong?
3: Yeah. It's so complicated and stupid. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's still not like keeping people safe from uh, identity theft and like all no. the stuff that they're trying to stop. Uh, presumably, with all of the requirements and everything, we need a streamlined, better system. I, I, I have this like feeling of paranoia though, because it feels like something that would totally happen to me, and I wouldn't notice that mm-hmm. it did. Because I'm like really bad about checking my mail. <laughs> <laughs> Same, and, like, I get it. I, I check my credit report like once every three years, and I can never really figure out what any of the words mean. Yeah. Um. So I'm like, I'm hoping if somebody files, uh, files for something in my name, that the my work will pick up on it and let me know. Cause otherwise, I could, I could be unemployed until the next tax season and like not know it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would not want that. Yeah,
3: that would be bad. I just, and I hate the feeling if it's something like, you gotta file a bunch of paperwork and talk to a bunch of people in offices. Like, that's the, like, the dealing with it, like, what to do to fix it is almost, like, worse sounding. Like, obviously, having your identity stolen is horrible. Um, but, like, it's a really, I think, a, a complicated thing to have to go through to fix mm-hmm. it. I think,
2: yeah. I agree. And, I mean... I know it also, if it has anything to do with your bank, it can depend on your bank, too. Mm-hmm. But, um, of course, there's lots of parts of getting your identity stolen that has nothing to do with your bank. But my my bank has been pretty good about that. Like my family, we all use the same one.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And my I think my aunt, I'd have to double check, but I think my aunt might have gotten her identity stolen. But she's somebody who would like respond to the the like Nigerian prince <laughs> email. Yeah. And yeah. So,
3: I know uh, one person personally that's already gotten their name filed for. Like Ooh. so, it's like real. <laughs> Pay yeah, attention. That's scary. Ch- check your mail. Like I'm going to be try to be like way more diligent about checking like mail cuz I think like sometimes you get letters from people about that stuff.
2: Like, and should you also get a phone call? Like, maybe I'll actually answer my phone if I don't recognize the number.
3: Yeah, I don't. I think they usually say like, "We won't call you. We won't send you emails. Like, it'll be a letter." Mm. Um, I know that's like the the IRS is kind of like that, but um, I don't know about the Employment Security Department, the ESD, mm-hmm. which I've been trying to learn about recently, as I've been feeling a little bit nervous of, about possibly having my identity taken (laughs) yeah um so yeah just pay attention to all that stuff that you normally like don't think about um because it's possible it's possible that somebody could scoop up all your info and i don't know it got me kind of thinking about other ways that we might be a little bit less secure there's a lot of um like as as we're trying to support restaurants and do like a bunch of stuff online i'm wondering how how secure a lot of these like brand new online portals are for payments and stuff mm so i've been trying to use my paypal account more which that's smart yeah which cuz i think that's supposed to be a little bit safer so i yeah. don't know if you've got a paypal maybe use that although i haven't i haven't heard anything about people having credit card information stolen from restaurant portals so that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying oh we have all this new stuff that's just being put together trying to be a little bit extra careful just in case Mm -hmm. as news about this sort of thing is coming out um which it's kind of similar to the last thing i want to talk about which is contact tracing annika what do you know about contact tracing Do you mean like the,
2: like if you go to a restaurant and you have to put your name on the list? Yes. Or whatever? And my, I mean, I've been seeing, most of the posts I've been seeing are from people from back home. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of them are talking about um, martial law and the police state and comrade Jay Inslee. Mm -hmm. No, no, chairman, (laughs) Chairman Jay Inslee. Um, which, so I'm just, that's most of what I'm seeing about it, but I know that, you know, it's, there's probably a lot of things to unpack with it.
3: Yeah. I mean, um, if, if the route we want to go on is if when you go someplace, you have to put your phone number on a list, I will totally do it. I understand why people don't want to do it and not just in like a, um, like a paranoid way i think that you know people do have some valid concerns about giving away too much information having people with your phone number putting a lot of information out into the world um i think that's totally fair i think my uh my major kind of if with it is if like if it would even be effective like um it just seems like a way to have a lot of disorganized information like i know (laughs) Uh, I've worked at restaurants, and if we had to, like, take down the phone number of everybody that came in, like, there would be numbers that were wrong, (laughs) numbers Mm. that were too hard to read, like, calling all those numbers. People would, like, put down fake numbers, Um, and I mean, like, it's supposed to be voluntary, so, like, if only half the people or 75% of the people are participating, then that's still a hard way to try to contain the virus and so I, I don't think it's probably the best way to do contact tracing is is what I'm thinking my dad actually sent me this really cool video um, and maybe we can post the link to it about a solution where you would have an app on your phone and the app would send a, like a code to all of the other apps all the other phones that have an app like that in like a Bluetooth radius. And so Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be checking your GPS. It wouldn't be sending out personal information. It would just be tracking phones that came into close contact with each other by like basically like seven digit like codes and that would Mm -hmm. all be kept in a database. And then if one code like got flagged for coronavirus, it could go back through the history and find all the matches and alert them, which just Mm -hmm. seems like way more efficient and safe.
2: Yeah. I mean, to me, it sounds more efficient and safe, but I think, I mean, I'm just kind of a pessimist with how other people would respond to that, because I can tell you right now, that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people I know are already already don't want to bring their phone with them anywhere because they're like, hmm, the NSA is trying to track me and take away my civil liberties or whatever. Like what's the point of having a
3: phone if you don't bring it with you? I know. (laughs) See, I'm I'm way more worried about like getting stranded out in the middle of nowhere or I don't know, having some sort of emergency where I'm all alone and phoneless than I am about being tracked. I know. Oh, you don't have to tell me, but I just—I like—I don't want to be one of those women that gets like trapped down in a basement for like twenty-five years. I wish yeah, I had like a, a like a homing signal in my tooth or something. I could set out like a a little flare, like come get me. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I uh, I'm underneath the floorboards.
2: Well, maybe if Bill Gates uh, microchips everyone, uh, you can put a homing device in your microchip.
3: I would. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, sign me up. I'm going to be one of the first people that gets like the robot arm. And I'm like all hooked up to Google. And I'm basically just like a walking advertisement. And they have all my data and they know all my personal thoughts, but they send me like cool personalized gifts.
2: And, and like (laughs) ads that are practical
3: and... Yeah, it's like, oh, you want to know about uh, the best hot wax kits in your area? I was going to send you some really good recommendations. I feel actually pretty good about the ads on my Instagram feed. It's a lot of like hot wax, uh, yoga pants, maybe because Google knows I've been exercising or Facebook. Um, like uh, new designs for bras that are like extra supportive. Mm hmm. Uh huh. Oh, and like these strapless bras. So mm-hmm. I've strapless bras are. They never work. They always, like, Mm -hmm. fall off. Or um, they don't actually, like, give you what you need in a bra. Mm -hmm. And – but the the great engineers of our society have really apparently felt this pain from me and similar women. And so there's some pretty, pretty rad engineering going on in the strapless bra world. You know, just (laughs) – so everybody can keep their eye on it. It's going to be big.
2: <laughs> and those are Maria's hot takes <laughs> on the hot topics.
3: <laughs> Maria's hot takes on the hot topics for now. Um, we have a really great interview for you guys this week. We're super excited to share it. And yes. uh, let's zoom on over that way.
2: Today we have two very special guests. We have Django and Jeff, owners of The Comics Place and co-hosts. Co-hosts, right? Oh, yeah. Sure. Okay. Uh, co-hosts of The Perfectly
3: Acceptable Podcast. How are you guys doing
0: super well thanks so much for having us on here well yeah i was just saying it's just incredibly liberating to be on a podcast and not you know focus on like who needs to clearly be edited out at any given moment which there is a lot of that for us so
2: That's okay. We have the technology. Yeah,
0: yes, we can rebuild it.
2: <laughs> we, we can rebuild. So since this is a Bellingham podcast, what brought you to Bellingham? We can start with uh, Django first.
1: Oh, geez. I came to Bellingham just kind of following um, my best friend from college. He, he came here on uh, an exchange program. Uh, I lived in Wyoming before. We're in Wyoming? Uh, I lived in Casper. And uh, he and I went to school in Laramie and Laramie had an exchange program with Western. So Andy came out here and I just kind of, you know, sat in the passenger seat and kept him awake on the way out here and uh, left after about four months and then ended up back here because I like it so much. And that was like a hundred years ago.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Gosh, like. my my conscious self thinks that I came here for school after graduating high school. But you know, the longer I've been here, the more I feel like I was probably just spiritually drawn to the magnetic pole of Django Boren, uh, uh, try as I might, I can't escape him. So, you know, chicken or the egg really, but, uh, yeah, school, I think, but really divine, divine intervention to, to put me in, in line with Django Boren.
1: We orbit each other
0: yeah we do
2: the spiritual draw i like that yeah should we have a moment of silence
0: (laughs) just to honor the magnetic pole that all you know brings all of us together here through Zencaster.
3: (laughs) i'm about to cry (laughs) so something we like to ask our guests is if they have a a bellingham story something that contains a person place or thing that other locals would recognize um and that's you know, amusing.
0: That's great. Um, Do the police listen
1: to this?
3: (laughs) (laughs) I have a couple that I am not comfortable sharing.
0: (laughs) Well, Django, you're a Bellingham staple. Like you're a thing that everyone recognizes. You probably have more stories than I do.
1: Yeah, about me.
3: Yeah. Hey, those are good too.
1: Um, Man, I like I've been in and around downtown Bellingham for a really long time. So I don't know if you guys know Geronimo. But he's like uh, like a downtown denizen, likes to kind of rabble rouse. I was on the block, but I didn't actually see him the night that he brought a dead raccoon into the horseshoe mm. and got kicked out.
2: He's still my beating heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: that was around the same time that he would bench press a BMX bike for a buck and uh, would light a dumpster on fire for five bucks. So <laughs> I, I've I've had a lot of interactions with that guy. He used to come into uh, an old store that I had called Merchbot and buy makeup so that he could put makeup on to look like King Diamond, and then he would walk around downtown screaming king diamond songs at the top of his lungs.
3: majestic
1: and uh one day he came in and asked us to hold on to this knife that he had okay and my employee was like i don't think we're gonna hold on to this and he's like but but my buddy just got arrested and he asked me to take care of it and she said geronimo i think you should go find the police and give it to him handle first and he thought about it for a minute and he said okay i'll do that <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Django, do you know any of my stories? Because I'm generally a pretty timid
0: indoor person. I don't really uh, I I have interactions with nine different people.
1: And all of them work at the comic store. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Gosh, I don't know, buddy. I mean, you've you've had some pretty good downtown adventures. You've I know. I know. Think about every time you've called the police in the store. That's probably a <laughs> um
0: I mean, what I would say is at this point like I'm on a pretty friendly uh, relationship with uh, the police dispatch. Not not, <clears throat> not for any like horrible domestic reasons, but just like since moving the store, um I went from being like a like a scared 18-year-old who was always trying to like not be around police officers to being somebody who is like so non- nonchal- about calling 911 <laughs> that they're like oh Jeff from the comics plays right I don't even need your last name anymore but that's that's a dour note you know let's not <laughs> talk about the decline of the state of downtown Bellingham <laughs> things are on the up we're shooting towards the stars now things are absolutely getting better
2: renewed excitement they can yeah. both happen at the same time mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. city the downtown can get way better and you can continue to have to call 911 they're not mutually exclusive <laughs> I used to work at. Um, Maria, when was it?
3: The JJ's like three years ago. No, it was even longer than that. It was probably like five years ago. It Which pretty- JJ's? The downtown JJ's.
2: Oh, really? And so we we had many a times so where we had to call the
3: police. <laughs> I'm so glad you stopped working the night shift there.
2: <laughs> yeah, I did the
3: graveyard shift.
0: What was the comics place next door at that point?
3: No, you guys were okay, still, okay. I think, where like Cam- Camber is now.
0: Yeah. That that timeline sound, sounds like it fits.
1: Well, we were we were right downtown. I think weren't you there, Jeff, the day that the guy got? Got hurt real bad. And I was like, unrelated to this shooting and stabbing that happened right down there, there was a dude on the police scanner who had a hatchet. Nice. And He was hanging out on the block during all this crazy stuff, and we saw him hide the hatchet, and we called the cops, and we're like, hey, I know it's really busy downtown right now, but I heard (laughs) you guys were looking for somebody with a hatchet, and the dispatcher was like, yes, we are. I was like, well, he's standing about three feet from a police officer in front of the comics place. He's wearing a trench coat, and he just wrapped the hatchet in his scarf, and- I watched as the the cop put his hand up to his ear or like, you know, brought brought his his shoulder up to his ear for his his radio and he just turned around and handcuffed the guy.
0: You know, I mean, in terms of thinking about like large scale Bellingham culture that affects me, I'm curious, like I think that I assume that Roman Statler... Named after your dog, uh, Romy. Yes, mm-hmm. is like I, c- I guess I consider him a Bellingham spirit. I'm curious how many of your listeners or you yourselves maybe you don't personally know Roman Statler, but I consider him like the great fisherman spirit of Bellingham. Is that accurate, Django?
1: Well, yeah. I mean he he's he was one of the original board members of the Pickford. Yep. Yep. Works at the museum. Um... Works at the museum, has been like some organ of the comics place for a hundred years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just just an amazing guy. But I'm curious, listeners, write in to one of these two podcasts <laughs> if you know who yes. Roman Statler is.
2: Could you also send us a picture in an environment where he would look familiar?
0: Yeah, I think there's some very good, you know, go what is that when they take your picture going into prison? Mugshot? Mugshot. Mugshot. Yeah, I think that there's some very noticeable Roman Statler mugshots out there. <laughs> okay.
2: Yeah, if you could take that and then change the background to a few different environments, like
0: <laughs> like a Zoom call.
2: Yeah, like Roman's mugshot in front of the Herald Building. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's the sweetest man in the world. I'm sorry to disparage him. Um, it's an ongoing joke on our podcast. I don't know why I'm bringing it here. I apologize, sweet Denison spirit of Bellingham. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, you know, we asked. Man, Bellingham landmark Roman. Yeah,
1: yeah. All those things I just talked about sound like I have a pretty low opinion of, of downtown Bellingham, but I actually really like it. Just the most exciting stories usually involve either Geronimo or the police or both. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, it's kind of like how the uh, we had an interview with the Good Time Girls. And I can't remember if it was Renner or Colby, but they they gave their Bellingham story. And it was it was in Maritime Heritage Park. Mm-hmm. And one of them was leading a middle school field trip and somebody had set up a stripper pole oh maritime heritage park and so it was like a wacky bellingham story of like oh all the good shit but definitely not not disparaging
0: no i mean i moved into a house in bellingham for a year that had two copper <gasps> stripper poles in the basement Maria.
3: is it the same house
0: is it <laughs> in gladstone oh
3: my god you lived on gladstone too 100 percent, i did
0: i lived in Every single room of that house in the year that I was there,
3: I lived in the room that they was like in the living room that they converted into a bedroom. Yeah, that had French the, doors.
0: The, <laughs> the old kitchen, actually, that's the one room I didn't live in. I I, I considered almost a living room because it was it was that in our house. But yeah, like when we moved into it, you know, it had just recently been shut down from being a giant grow operation in the basement. Oh, um, like that explains hit-
3: so much.
0: <laughs> yeah, there was like hidden door. I'm not sure what year. How long ago did you live there?
3: I lived there in 2013, 2014.
0: 2013, 2014. Okay, so that was actually after I was there. So yeah, uh, I was there probably like 11, 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we used to call that, like, hidden area down there the murder room because there was just, like, that horrible, yeah, evil oh stuff written on the walls.
3: We covered it all up with crayon. Thank you. Uh, we had <laughs> we had some stoner friends that just, like, liked to go down there and hotbox it.
0: Oh, and yeah, yeah, for sure. I never did that.
3: They colored the whole entire <laughs> They covered
2: space. it with crayons. I wonder – I hope you didn't ask why you didn't get your deposit back. <laughs> that
3: place was so fucking gross.
0: Did it still have the stage? Oh, yeah. And did it still have the bar?
3: Still had the bar. Oh, we got okay. – lot of use at the bar
0: yeah my friends and i (laughs) did some of the art that was on like behind the stage there anyway yeah that's a great place okay cool i'm glad we found some common ground in (laughs) gladstone
3: (laughs) we still meet strangers that like sometimes our house parties will come up and they were like i was at that house party
0: yeah yeah we had two and oh god anyway bellingham
2: yeah bellingham So I'm going to turn the conversation a little bit. So what inspired the comics place? When, and when did you guys open? Because oh gosh. I've always like when I moved to Bellingham, you guys were here.
0: Yeah. Get ready for this. Okay. Um, when all of us moved to Bellingham, it was here. It's actually been open for 38 years. Yes. Um. Yeah. So so we're just sort of like, you know, torch holders of the time. I started here Almost exactly seven years ago, like down to the month, and I had just really, really, I had graduated at Western and was looking for like a really inconsequential part-time job. I'm from a really horrible small, t- tiny town in Northeast Washington. Where? Um, Colville, Washington, an hour and a half north of I'm Spokane. From oh, y'all, y'all ever been to Chuela before? Did you? Yeah. Did you, <laughs> you. So then you know the giant uh, painting <laughs> with all of the mammoths next yeah. to Main Street. Absolutely. And
2: you. have have the gigantic cross in your oh yeah except (laughs)
0: for when people burn it down which happens i think two times i broke my neck snowboarding at 49 degrees north damn yeah i worked there Oh, what a place.
1: Were you working security? Did you break anybody's neck? <laughs>
0: no. <laughs> but yeah, so I started working there, and then Django started working there probably like a year and a half after I was hired, two years-ish after I was hired.
1: Something like that, yeah.
0: Not not super, super long afterwards. And then Art Delgadillo, who was the man in charge when I was hired, just an incredible, incredible, warm-hearted bull of a man, um, passed away and ultimately left the store to Django and I was like kind of one foot in one foot out because again this job was just supposed to be a pretty temporary thing while I waited to go to grad school and um, here I am seven years later with my hetero life mate Django Boren.
1: Aww. A gravity surrounds us.
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah I think uh, I think we are like I don't know the seventh and eighth owners of the store or something like that. It's it bounced between a few different people for a little while uh, and settled on art and then he he left it to he I mean I, I ended up with that he left it to the community, really. Yeah, um, there, there were three people that were on, kind of on his list, and and you know, I I think I think it's settled on um, settled on me and kind of Jeff by default, even though he kept trying to avoid it. I said no for several years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend that you're gonna come back around, buddy. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool, though. That it's it has a lot more history, I think, than what people realize.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, Django um, is. You know, he could know how many years a new business spins like in the black versus mm-hmm. the red or what all of that is. And, and I think Django and I are a pretty, you know, not modestly, I think we're pretty a great combo for doing mm-hmm. what we do because we both really, really like it. But if it had been a brand new store that we had just opened up, I don't think it would have been able to succeed because so much of yeah. that store is based on the community that was a part of it, you know, before I was hired or Django was hired.
1: Yeah, it would be a very different thing. It that this store was um, upstairs above the Blue Horse Gallery. Um, I remember for, that. Like from 1986 until when did when did you guys move it downstairs, Jeff? Like 2013? I convinced Art to move
0: it downstairs like six months after <clears> I was <throat> hired, so like six almost six and a half years ago exactly.
1: Yeah, and and I think that I think it it surprised me how much the store changed. Like before I was involved, just in that in that move, like. You know, they moved across the street and down the stairs and mm-hmm. it it changed the, the mood and, and just the energy in there pretty quickly. But the whole time it's been able to sort of maintain the core fans of, of comics and, and the store. Um, it's It's been really interesting kind of finding a groove that serves them and also brings in brand new people.
3: What would you say is your favorite part about running this iconic business downtown?
0: <laughs> I was, uh, you know, I was thinking this morning about my relationship with Django in the store and my own relationship with my amazing partner. But I was thinking about, you know, when you hear adults talk about their marriages and they're like, "We, you know, listen, yes, it seems like it's good on the outside, but it is a lot of work, you put a <laughs> lot of work into it. I was like, you know, sitting around. I was like, that is even more true of my relationship with Django and the store than it is like my romantic relationship. Like it is. I don't know. It's just like, it's, it's pretty incredible how much work we put into like the social dynamic of the two of us. Yeah. I don't know. Actually, I forget exactly what your question was, but that was the answer that came to my mind of like, it's, it's bizarre. I don't even know if we're like really well suited for it, but we put a huge amount of work into like respecting one another's input. And we, we both have entirely different focuses on Mm -hmm. what we kind of value in a comic shop. And to be able to bring those together like i love band documentaries of you know musical bands and yes yeah you know you're always like man i watched one on oasis not long ago i was like those two people hated each other it seems like great things usually come as a byproduct of like (laughs) two people who care about each other enough to overcome the friction and i Mm -hmm. think i feel like that's kind of the story of us
1: wow you're making it sound like we have a lot of friction
0: do we not i love you you're one of my best friends but like if we weren't kind of married you know i've i've dipped out of other friendships for less
2: well i was gonna say you guys you make it seem effortless so
0: yeah i well i mean we really like each other i really like him at least
1: yeah i i like you too jeff i know i like you a lot (laughs) um i yeah i mean for as far as like the the favorite part about Doing it. That was, that was the original question. Right? Yeah. I, Thank you. I think it's just the community and, and, you know, the, the learning that goes along with it um, just kind of being dropped into working in the place. It it wasn't really intuitive to me to be as community focused as the store is. And it is intuitive to Jeff. So like that, that part, we, we team up well to uh, to make that work. And that's, that's really Most of the rewards for me kind of boil down to how can we make these people who love comics and and love our store happy and excited? And that's that motivates me every day more than more than most things in that store.
0: And that's that's sort of what I, you know, wanted to piggyback off of is like it it is a huge amount of, of work. But I actually I think one of the things I love so much is that I have something to work that hard at like to Mm -hmm. to actually put a lot of work into something means that you care a lot about it and i really appreciate like i've learned a ton about dealing and relating and communicating with people through being responsible for this store with another person and Mm -hmm. uh yeah it's been hugely educational in that regard and then yeah just the community around it like It's we it feels weird to refer to them as customers because like truly, you know, they're all friends or even family members at this point.
3: You got to love your regulars, you know? Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, Can you speak a little bit about your experiences in different buildings or like your journey like towards railroad as you like moved up Holly Street?
1: Our eventual plan is to take over the Shell Station. Oh. <laughs> Just like two blocks at a time, we're going to move up the road.
0: <laughs> so I, I started at the comic shop when we were up at the Blue Horse Cafe, or, or above the Blue Horse Cafe. And I was joking about Roman Statler earlier, but he has worked at the store in various capacities for, I, I have no idea, but-
1: for, 27 for, or 28 yeah, years. for
0: For as long as I've been there. And he's always been this constant, you know, very steady leveling force there. And then Mm -hmm. when I started, I just had this like incredible appetite to like do more. And the industry was in a little bit of a a state of change Um, instead of focusing Quite as much on like single issue comics, like the 3 ones that yeah. you buy. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the industry transitioned to being a little bit more focused towards the paperbacks that collect several of those at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like very into like we should be, you know, servicing that industry a lot as well. So yeah, like we pretty quickly outgrew that very small area. And then it wasn't long after moving to the, the one where Camber is now that Django came on board. But yeah, my time at the original spot wasn't super long lasted because I think both Django and I have like a pretty enormous appetite to do more. And that building like couldn't really ever house either his or my, I think, desire to to do.
1: There was a corner of that room that we were in. When you walked by a shelf of comics, the shelf would kind of lean out and try to touch you. Mm-hmm. Um, and like when when that happened... A couple of weeks later, we had free comic book day, and just a million people hmm. in the store. I was, I was thinking like, we should probably either talk to the landlord about fixing this floor or <laughs> work into look into a new spot because yeah, paper is heavy and we sell paper, mm-hmm. and it's susceptible to water. And we were
0: getting a lot of external water.
1: We had, we had every kind of water you could have in there. We had uh, like rainwater. We had. <laughs> gutter water we had shit water we had (laughs) bath water came in from upstairs one day we had gray water from somebody's sink trap
0: one night i was working alone by the computer and i heard a weird sound and i looked to my right to see the light switch above the power (laughs) outlet and there was brown water coming out of the light switch
3: oh no that's not good
0: no, it's super, super not good, <laughs> especially if you're just like a really ignorant 20 something who, you know, doesn't know about calling the police yet uh, or landlords. <laughs> and I, it wasn't super long after that. The Django just had a sort of ferocious like, uh, I think we need to move like we just need to be in a different <laughs> different place. Um, and and in reality, like the place where Canberra is now like that was just the most fun like wild wild west time of of the comics place because like jango and i were both kind of coming on board in larger capacities and trying to figure out how to fill this space at the same time as getting a lot of new customers in because it was on the road Mm -hmm. yeah Um, and yeah, I appreciate that Django had the, the insight to earlier than me be like, we need to move higher up the street in a place that doesn't lose lots of product to water.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a good point.
0: No, it's, it is good.
1: Yeah. And, and actually, when we moved, um, we, we did it pretty quickly. Like we got the we got the place that we're in now at 105 East Holly, and it, it is not built to be a store. It's built to be like bank offices. Uh-huh. And so like we sat in that room and kind of meditated on things for a couple of days to try to figure out if, if it could work before we started renting it Yeah, came up with a plan and did the build out in about a month, I think three weeks or a month. Mm-hmm. And then we managed to move the, from the old location to the new location after close and open up the next day in the new spot. Um, and how did we do that Django? A million people helping. A million
0: amazing (laughs) customer, friend, family, people just showing up asking absolutely nothing except for how can I help you move this stuff? And like one day we had, you know, 15 people all carrying one $200 statue three blocks up the road, like everyone (laughs) just like single trip. It was just like the, the kind of thing that. You know, you remember when you're a nine-year-old at a church potluck or whatever. It was just like a bizarre type of community. Like a
1: Norman Rockwell painting. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) The whole community came together. And some of us were there. A lot of people worked with us until like three or four or five in the morning. And then we opened the next day. It was... I don't really remember the next day. Well, (laughs) the problematic part
0: was that we were moving and also that nfl documentary about oj simpson had just come out so oh yeah uh made in america so i was moving all day and then i couldn't sleep because i had to find out what was going on with this documentary
2: yeah i get it <laughs> uh that's a great story though i i like that <laughs> i'm just hearing about all the community coming together so i was gonna ask what inspired the podcast so you have the perfectly acceptable podcast and i also saw an in- the infinity
1: content podcast yep Yep. and a secret podcast that i'm apparently not allowed to tell anybody about yet
0: oh no sorry i was just joking about why (laughs) i hadn't talked about it i have a tendency to like if i'm gestating an idea i'm excited about if i talk about it then you get some sort of like completionary skill like feeling of satisfaction even though you haven't done it yet so I, i try to not talk about stuff beforehand lest i avoid ever doing it. But the infinity content podcast is a sort of sister podcast that is actually hosted by one of our previous employees who had worked at the store for quite a while. Um, Mm -hmm. We had been doing the perfectly acceptable podcast for a while, but after he had came on, he wanted to do one and Roman who I had mentioned previously co-hosts that. And then that uh, employee went on. Yeah. The Rome dog millionaire. Um, (laughs) That other employee went on to, you know, do, do a more, adult job and I don't know quote unquote, but well, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he still, he still does that with Roman occasionally once every couple of months, they do one. The main podcast that we put out weekly was an instance of Django, pushing Jeff to do a thing that Jeff talked about wanting to do, but wouldn't ever actually do it unless a big old grown-up put him in a corner. And made
3: him do oh, so Django is your Annika. I understand.
0: Nice. Okay. Okay. Maria. Excellent. We need, we need these amazing people in our lives to make us, you know, walk the walk of the yeah. talk that we're talking.
1: And we need you to, to keep saying things like this so that we don't just feel like bullies all the time.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah I- thank you Django. (laughs) i'm sorry maria no i love it
1: shut up we're doing this
0: (laughs) um but i mean i think that i had just talked about like i i've been a just a huge voracious um consumer of podcasts for as long as i can remember and i've always thought it'd be fun to do a comic book one and i had talked about that pretty much the entire time i've known Django, uh which isn't incredibly long that um after he took over and made me an owner he was like we should we should do this you've been talking about it let's do it and uh he put a date on a calendar and said all right you'll be there at this point and I said okay and it's been a variation on that theme ever since
2: for like how long two over, years
0: over three it's three. 100 and, okay 178 episodes as of Dang, yesterday that's um, amazing
2: oh drink drink <laughs> oh <laughs> Yeah, that's one of our words that we're working on.
0: (laughs) Is it episodes? You have to take a drink when you say episodes? No,
2: it's amazing.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to toss it out there, amazing, and and take two myself.
2: (laughs) For one of those people, we're like, ah, that's amazing.
0: No, I, I, you know, we mean well by saying big words, but sometimes we get hung up on those, like, Mm -hmm. wonderful Wonderful! Yeah. It's wonderful.
2: It's routine. We're human. <laughs> so, what what do you cover on Perfectly Acceptable podcasts And I know for people that are are listening to this in your feed, they know, but maybe in our feed, they don't. So, what what would be the elevator pitch for Perfectly Acceptable Podcast?
0: We used to do a comedy podcast couched in conversations about the weekly releases of new comic books that came out that week. However. Since the quarantine has happened, the pandemic, um, there have not been any new comics for the first time in 80 years. So the last two months of the Perfectly Acceptable podcast have been the various co-hosts and employees of the store um, talking about the media and entertainment that's getting us through this.
1: And whatever comics we've run into, old comics. Mm. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Um, but fortunately, new comics come out on the 20th of this month. Will the the island of, of time will be over and we'll, we'll get them back. So it, it's generally uh, conversations about new comics, but really an excuse to um, hang out. I, I think that we're really lucky working at the store. Like Our social lives and professional lives have totally blended together. And yeah. uh, we just sort of create this pocket of time in which we hang out and use work as an excuse to
1: do it. They tell you not to do that, but pish posh. <laughs>
3: yeah. Teachers do it too. We, we call it PLC time.
1: Ugh. What's PLC stand for? Professional leisure. I think it's
3: Almost. like learning collaboration or
2: something no, like it's, that. It's worse. It's professional learning community. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. And I mean, it depends on for me, Maria. I don't know if it's different with you. For me, sometimes it's, it's good. But if we get too many people in the group, it turns out into a shit talking session. And I'm oh. like, I have things to do.
0: Like, <laughs> I Isn't it hard to not talk about work when you're hanging out with your friends, but you also have the same job? It's crazy. It's
3: impossible. Oh, yeah. And yeah. can. I can't yeah. do it.
0: Do you yeah. both work at the same school?
3: We work in the same district. And we okay. have kind of similar jobs kind of
0: but at least you're not in you're not like the same school so you're like can you believe what tim did at lunch today like no one was watching but he definitely <laughs> you know like it, it's if it, there's a separation did of,
1: you see what roman was wearing today yeah, oh my yeah. god
0: roman is such a schlub he is a schlub <laughs> but he's the spirit of bellingham so it's it's deserved
2: so this i'm going to Change it up again, so Please. I wanted to ask
0: speed round. I love it. <laughs> we don't
2: we don't have those segments here. yet. <laughs> yet, <laughs> growth mindset, Maria. That's Woo! nice. So, COVID nineteen, like you said, that's impacting your podcast. But how is that impacting your work? What are what are some of the changes you've had to make to accommodate?
1: I guess if you just take our entire business model and throw it out the window yes. and start from scratch, um, that's that's kind of the the thing we had to do. Mm-hmm. At some point, it was uh, it was interesting to to realize that we were going to close the doors and not let people in anymore. And yeah. uh, we went to all online and delivery and shipping. Um, we don't we're not even doing uh, curbside pickup at this point. We probably will down the road at some point. But yeah, it's it's been wild turning our kind of finely tuned retail experience into a warehouse almost overnight. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, do you rely on like a weekly business based on subscribers coming into your store? Well, what if we cut off all of those subscriptions <laughs> and say that those people can't come in your store? What do you do then?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So it's just been a it's just like a, a variety of moments where either I or Django will be melting down, and the other person needs to like put. They're like, you know, they're mud-treading boots on and pat the other on the back and be like, all right, we got this. so
3: It's important to divvy up the freak-out time, I guess. Oh, so. yeah.
1: <laughs> the, the first day that we didn't let people in the door, Jeff and I just, I think we each had a meltdown, maybe even two, like where the other one was keeping the other one going. And I mean, it, it it's our, our cycle of, oh, shit, what, now what had yeah. kind of slowed down a little bit. And, you know, really... I think I think that Jeff and I work really well in problem solving mode um, individually, but even better as a duo because we both see things uh, like we both have the same endpoint in mind, but we approach problems a little bit differently and, and with different paradigms, and are able to listen to each other and make things happen and work. So I, I think that you know everything from art getting sick and and dying and, and leaving the store to you know somebody who wasn't him who hadn't been around for a long time to moving the store to opening a second store and closing that to dealing with this coronavirus situation has been like I don't know about you, Jeff, but for me it's been th- those those points have been the most exciting points in mm-hmm. the store where we're like, oh, what do we do? this is a disaster. Let's just knuckle down and make it work. I would say they've been
0: very exciting. I also do uh, love and value and cultivate meaning from periods of routine. And um, (laughs) those have been very few and far between for the last like four years.
3: (laughs) You guys, uh, you recently moved to like a delivery model. Is that correct? Yeah. How's uh, how's that working out?
0: Well, listen, I put about a year into Domino's pizza delivery before working at the store. Oh, I see. So I'm cracking the knuckles right now and trying to physically express that I'm kind of old hat when it comes to delivery. But that's no, that's not that's not real. It, it, I did deliver pizzas, but yeah, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it is bizarre. It's the absolute like antithesis to working in the store, which is incredibly positive but sort of never ending social barrage in a very Mm -hmm. positive way. Delivery is like, I'm going to spend 20 minutes driving out to a house where I don't talk to anybody the whole time going out there. And I don't talk to them when I'm there. So it is like, a really different type of using your battery and then it's a different type of recharging your battery if that
1: makes sense
2: right yeah i think i get that podcasts
1: podcasts yeah. are a big part of a big part of it like we both we both gain a lot from social interaction in the store mm-hmm. and it's it's easy to forget how much you like your job or your friends if you don't get to talk to them except over text or email or order comments through the website or something so yeah that is probably the for me, the downside to delivery. I, I'm I'm having fun with it. It's it's not what we went like not what we set out to do. It's not our chosen profession here, but uh I've done things that I liked a lot less than this. So <laughs> <laughs> have
3: your have your regulars and people that are part of your kind of comics place community, have they found a way to interact with you online? Are you like hearing from them?
0: Oh my gosh, we're so So blessed, like once again, the like the community that exists around our store is is just these amazing individuals who also have a voracious sort of appetite to consume media, but then also like share their emotions and feelings and consumption with other people. So uh, we've been we've been doing the podcast in extended formats, and people have been really been like digging that. We have been doing a weekly online Zoom video book club. So usually about 10 folks show up and we, we have one long running series that we've been talking about one volume at a time, but then alternating weeks with other volume ones of different series so we can get other people in. Um, that has been a really cool way of like having our customers engage with us. And then the number of people that like have just gone out of their way to support our business through the website um, is is incredible, like people just doing it out of the goodness of their heart, not like it's just the day that we closed the doors, the number of people that called and just bought gift certificates and stuff was was really cool. There was a clear drive to maintain a connection and, and make a social vote of what businesses people wanted, you know, on the other side of all this.
3: Yeah, I think that speaks really highly of the Bellingham community in general. There's been, you know, as, as we've talked to lots of local business owners, just the amount of enthusiasm that people have the businesses they they care about is humongous and it's like one reason to be really proud of living here we have a lot of you know love and appreciation for all the work people put in to make this a really great place to live
1: yeah and and like even beyond that there's um there's a a really good i guess community feeling where we're not going to let anybody we know fall if Mm -hmm. we can help you know and and i you know i i think about people in the service industry they they probably weren't prepared for this you know they don't they don't have the resources to just automatically get through something like this and just the the way that i've seen people support each other and and make sure that everybody's doing okay is is really impressive to me and i'm um, i'm really glad that we're able to be you know have have these people who are fans of what we sell but also us and the way that we do it. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, that they're kind of supporting us in this way. Cause I'm not worried about us being open after two years from now, you know, like I know we're going to be open and it's because of the people who come in and support us consistently, whether, whether they can even come in the store or not, you know, like our store is not fun right now. <laughs> but they still like us, which is that's awesome. a mess that's a
0: mess that's a mess. I should clean that.
1: that's a mess. <laughs> I don't even want to touch the pinball machine <laughs> literally
3: do you have any final thoughts for our listeners out there? uh just like something that you want to say an emotion that you want to put through to all those folks listening at home
0: Um gosh, well, if there's anyone listening that hasn't checked out comic books. I know that it sounds like just a plug for our store, but what like blows my mind consistently, and this is sort of coming off of the answer to the last question is that there is this like community at our store and it is always in like increasing in the number of new people who've never experienced it before. And there's also people, you know, that phase out like it's, it stays a reasonable uh, population, but there's always new people coming in who want to experience something new and share it with others. And, uh, I, it's just, that's the best part of the job for me. And that's what makes it so incredible is this sort of growing and meeting other people. So I think that if there's anyone out there who has not checked out comic books, um, whether they're doing it through us or other means, like some of the most positive experiences and uplifting sort of shining a light at the end of a tunnel, things that have happened to me have been through illustrated fiction and finding a community around it. So, you know, I, I love meeting new people. And I think that there's a weird stigma about going into a comic shop. If you've never, if you don't know anything about comics or don't know, you know, where, what Batman's first story was or whatever. And my favorite, favorite interactions are when somebody comes in and says like, I, I've never read comics. What, what should I do? Um, so yeah, like I, I just, I cannot stop espousing the benefits of uh, what comics have done for me and what I think they can do for everybody.
3: What is your recommendation if they if somebody's never read a comic before?
0: Oh, gosh. Yeah, um, I was like, going to ask
3: that too.
0: <laughs> well,
1: first we do an interview with them.
0: <laughs> the, the first question that sort of comes to my mind is like, uh, I think there's a lot of baggage around the idea of superheroes. So the first question is like, do you want to read something that is kind of related to superheroes, which is a big portion of the medium, but there's a huge amount of fiction and amazing stories that have nothing to do with superheroes at all. So my first question is always that. And then based on, you know, whether they want an iconic superhero story or something that's not at all uh, superheroic. heroic. Um, but, you know, if they wanted a superhero story, I would say All-Star Superman by Grant Morrison and Frank Quitely is the definitive superhero story in my own mind. And then Django, um, I'll let you do the non-superhero one.
1: <laughs> I usually uh, find out if they're after like, you know, fantasy or sci-fi or something based in, in real life um a lot of times um I, I find myself recommending either transmetropolitan by warren ellis and uh, friends which is a far future story about hunter s thompson basically uh doing gonzo reporting um and then also i'll I'll, I'll usually recommend saga or paper girls for more uh character driven Um, they're both kind of sci-fi, but, but more about the characters than the, the science fiction. Those are, those are probably the books I find myself recommending the most. If I can't get a bead on what movies and books somebody likes,
0: (laughs) but those are the generic ones. The best is when somebody can tell you like, Hey, here are my three favorite movies and you really get to dial it in. And I do think that that is something that both Django and I excel, uh, at is, is just sort of we've read a lot of different types of stuff. And I think that we both keep all types of people in mind as we're reading things. So even if I don't love a thing, I kind of think about the types of folks that would love it. So, um, yeah, like, you know, truly some of the most rewarding parts of the job are just meeting new people and finding out what they like and trying to find something that clicks with that.
1: Matching a, matching a comic to a person is a, is a pretty fun special thing. And if you do it right, you just match them with a million stories and ideas and, Hmm it's uh yeah. it's pretty rewarding
3: do you guys only have like um american or western comics in your store or do you do like japanese manga too
0: we've got a lot of manga that's uh one of the like larger burgeoning fields within comics it's something that i was really into as a younger kid Um, and then to be able to sort of allow that field to to prosper over here is really really cool so we do a lot of manga at the store Um, It's not incredibly easy to get like foreign language, like Spanish or European comics into the store because there's like a limited number of distributors. Oh, but but we've
1: started collecting old ones. (laughs) Yeah,
0: we've been working on getting like French comics and Spanish comics around because, um, you know, that's a huge part of the industry as well. But a lot of Western comics, uh, a lot lot of manga and then European stuff as well is is a large portion of the, the catalog.
3: That's that makes me happy because I'm like a huge manga geek. So nice. like if anybody out there wants recommendations for like romance comics, then okay yes okay.
0: Now listen, <laughs> let's tie this into our podcast at the end then. So what is your big recommendation there? because I love manga, but at some point in like high school, at the time where so much manga started coming to like Western culture, there was like a a, a giant tidal wave and I could no longer sort of filter through the stuff that was really good. And just what, what was, you know, the other, cause there was so much of it. What, what do you love?
3: My, I think what I would recommend for like a romance comic would be high school debut by, debut by Karahara Kazune. And then um, I love, I also love like old school, like Inuyasha.
0: Oh, God. Like a that really was really fun, the,
3: like action
0: romance. That was the first one I ever checked out from the My Public Library growing up mm-hmm. um, in Gosh, great book. Great book. Okay. So, Maria, thank you so much for telling us that you are a fan of manga. That is fantastic. And um, that you it,
1: lived in Jeff's house. Yeah.
0: And that you lived in the same house that I lived in. That is super cool. Um, yes. We'll have to write about some of the weird stuff that exists in that house. Um, <laughs> but, Annika. Yes. Can you give us something that, you know, like, what is a a closeted interest of yours that, like, you know, maybe goes into the realm of something, the Perfectly Acceptable podcast would have talked about, anime, board games, a comic book, you know, are you a person that grew up watching Star Trek The Next Generation? Like, what's a thing What's the, how can you, you know, enter our circle? What is the, what is the (laughs) dip your toes? uh, You know, tell us, tell us what your life has.
2: Yeah. So I'll start out in like the, a very brief childhood things that I, I've, I delved into. And then there's a few recent things that I think might, might go, might fall into this category. So childhood, you know, Star Wars, Star Trek, Lord of the Rings. I don't know. If Lord of the Rings is what you're looking for, but oh, I read sure. all the books oh, and I was absolutely. like in middle school. Absolutely,
0: absolutely, And
2: which it's funny, I read them in a, in middle school, but I can't fucking read them as adults. I think they're so boring.
0: You get <laughs> caught up at Tom Bombadil, and you can just never go past Tom <laughs> Bombadil. <laughs> like the nope. big ass. I
3: think that actually <laughs> happened to me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that exact thing happened. To yeah,
3: me. <laughs> my my dad's a huge Lord of the Rings guy, and I've tried so many times, and I just feel like a massive disappointment every time I can't go through <laughs> it. <laughs> and all of my friends had like okay. huge crushes on Aragorn in high school. I,
4: like, I, just, oh, well, I just I mean,
3: I can't even get to the point where he did in have it. Have
2: a crush on Aragorn? They had a crush on Viggo Mortensen. That's well, different. we
0: all. Well, okay. There's that, but there's also Orlando Bloom and Legolas. I mean, I think is the the the, the non Aragorn folks were into Legolas, which is where I'm at.
3: I think yeah. I could still hear my dad squealing when Legolas did the like horse flip thing in the.
0: Yeah, movie. I know exactly the scene that you're talking about too. On the side of the screen, just like man, what a great side shot that was.
2: Also. Okay, who's the actor who played Samwise?
1: Um, Django, come on. Oh, gosh. It's, uh, he's, it's on the
2: tip of my tongue.
1: Yeah, um, he was great in uh, Stranger Things.
3: Yes. Mm-hmm. He was also
1: he was in The He was Goonies. in 50
3: First Dates.
1: Oh, gosh. We're doing such a bad job, everybody. We should know
0: his
3: name. My dad has a book signed by him.
1: I think his name's just Samwise Gamgee. Yeah. You know what? I, I actually think it's that. Samwise I, Gamgee. I, I'm like, right. literally right, right.
3: on my laptop right I Googled now. it. It's Sean. Sean. Oh, sh-
0: yeah. Sean Aston, Of course. Of course. Okay. So. Okay.
3: Erica, edit out the part
2: where none of us knew what it was.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, please.
2: I'm keeping that in. And I'm going to say I Googled it because I am very pro Googling things. <laughs> I am too. I am too. Yeah. Keep,
1: keep the brain free it, for Googling things.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, you're freeing up that cognitive load to think about other things. I'm yeah. all for it. I get, there, there's, my dad's like, none of you use your brains anymore. I'm like, well, we use it for other things. Like critical thinking. <laughs> yes. So everyone loves Orlando Bloom is like less. That's great.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Sean Astin had to gain like 50 pounds to play Samwise Gamgee. I didn't know that. This might be, yeah, no, it was, it was a thing. This might be controversial, but why didn't Orlando Bloom have to lose ten to play Legolas in The Hobbit? Mm. Or like, Does he look too fat in The Hobbit? Is that what you're he, saying? He's like, I mean, not even ten. I'm being nice. He, I mean, <laughs> like he's, he, he's he grew so up yeah. in in Lord of the Rings, and then he's supposed to be the younger version of himself, so. They didn't really do anything and they put black eyeliner on him. And I just, I think they botched the whole like, less thing in The Hobbit.
0: I think The Hobbit trilogy is sort of, you know, a comedy of errors in and of itself. Yeah, you know, why it a lot
1: of things with The Hobbit? Yeah, yeah, like
0: how were the Lord of the Rings films so good? And then The Hobbit is a Ugh. thing that everyone slept through.
1: <laughs> I didn't see the third one. Yeah, Django. No one did. That's that's not me. I'm a completionist. <laughs> you don't watch... Yes. You don't collect something to collect some of it. It's mm-hmm. true. It's a quote yeah. of his. I love it.
2: Yeah. All or nothing. Exactly. So, I mean, currently I play Tetris attack, like video games. Oh, yeah. Not very much, but enough to like, enough to sound cool to my fifth graders. <laughs> Recently, I've learned a lot about Dungeons and Dragons, which I hadn't before. That's, I haven't, I've never played Dungeons and Dragons. Not that I wouldn't. I just, I haven't. But, um, yeah. Now There's that a... I've delved into it, I kind of want to.
0: There's a scary barrier to entry for it, and, you know, it it doesn't exist, but we all kind of create it in our mind about, like, oh, I don't know how to do it, and we need to find someone who does to teach us and everything, but once you can get over that sort of scary barrier to entry, it is a lot of fun
3: yeah. one of uh, one of the roommates that i had in college was like big into DD, so i've witnessed a lot of it one of my least favorite things about school shutting down for covid was i was supposed to be the elementary school DD club faculty oh advisor and it just awesome. started and then oh. poof, i was going to teach them social emotional skills through DD.
0: oh that's such a good <laughs> it idea it just like though.
3: hurts my heart that i didn't get to do it
0: it's such a great mechanism for learning about yourself dealing with individuals.
3: Yes. And how to have a conversation and be collaborative. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's
2: like such a great tool for teaching social skills and problem solving and building confidence. And there's been a bunch of psychological research about D&D. And really, there's there's a lot of positives. Mm-hmm. So it's, oh, yeah. a, it's a good thing. Also,
3: the D&D episodes of Community are the funniest.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> community! Oh, there we could have done a whole episode about I just
3: that. Just rewatched it.
0: <laughs> oh, well, good for you. Well, I am super, super grateful, Maria and Annika, that you both shared things from your life that you love that sort of go into our realm of things. Like I, I think that that is one of the best ways to get to know somebody is just to find out like what they what types of things they were passionate about when they were young. Because I think we all you know, can hide that to some regard, but it's like the best example, like what captivates your heart? Like, what do you love? And uh, it's just such a wonderful way to get to know people. And we're so blessed to get to deal with that all the time. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Um, oh, so I don't want to wrap this up quite yet because we have like one more very important question.
0: Yeah, is it a speed that round?
3: Is Django, <laughs> put be... the speed
0: round to bed. <laughs> we're not in a hurry. Django and I aren't in a hurry. Like again, these are usually five hour affairs for us. <laughs>
3: um that's our local treasure segment so it's annika and my favorite segment and basically it's a round table of something you ate drank or otherwise consumed that was made by a local person or a business that fills you with a sense of local pride so i'm gonna oh, s- love that i was if anybody wants to go first jeff or jank if you have something in mind something you ordered that you want to recommend to our listeners uh go ahead
0: well, I have a, well oh go go i ahead. have an exciting one i was just telling Django about it yesterday but last thursday i did the pre-order for the boundary bay fish fry they're doing a friday mm. fish fry and they're convert converting the alley behind boundary bay into a two lane drive up and yeah. you can pre-pay and order your like really nice fried fish that is amazing um and there's a line for prepay or you can order it out At the time, there they do a limited number, like it was like 200 that day. Um, But it worked super seamlessly. You get to arrange a 15 minute window for where you go by and pick up your fish. And then West Coast Popsicles was out giving out free popsicles as we drove through. So that was just, I was so pumped that Boundary Bay was doing that, advertising it well. They like the system was great. And then there was other local support behind it.
1: I, uh, I also work at the Fiamas. And I've found that I eat a uh, Lafayama chopped salad about twice a week. <laughs> um, and uh, this week, I would uh, I, I would say that I've been washing it down with the Baby Yoda from Kulshin. I nice. have a really good <laughs> idea that I bought a couple days ago. And uh, afterwards, I wash my hands with um, Sea Witch Botanicals soap. So we
2: just got a shout out for Sea Witch Botanicals.
1: They awesome. are awesome. Yeah. Huge fan. Huge
0: fan.
2: Uh, what about you,
3: Annika? What's your local treasure this week? Um,
2: I'm going to have to say it is the cocktail kit I just drank. Well, oh. I drank most of it. I didn't drink all of it. From Red Light, I got a blonde Ooh. redhead. Mm. And that's, that's always been one of my faves at Red Light. And it's just fun to get something that you got to enjoy. Uh, before all of this, you get to <laughs> enjoy it at your home. I know. Does it
1: come with uh, a playlist by Dan V that you play just a little bit too loud and crank it up way too loud at 1.55 a.m.?
2: It No, it does oh, not.
1: Summer. I'll talk to them. Right a, Sunday.
2: They just have it recommended, and so <laughs> I'm just I'm <you> know, <laughs> playing that at my house.
1: Awesome.
3: <laughs> all right. I'm going to um, finish this up then. My local treasure this week it's um, the filling station. We got takeout from them a couple days ago, and it just really hit the spot. Uh, they're not – I think the most special thing – well, not the most special thing, but one of my favorite things about the filling station is all of their wonderful sauces and, like, aiolis that you can dip the French fries in. Mm-hmm. Aioli. <laughs> whenever we, whenever we go in, we always get, like, every single one. And we like, it's like, <laughs> price be damned. Yes, eight, add $8 to our bill. We will have every single sauce. <laughs> um, but we only got like a couple this time. And it was just really refreshing. I got a salad and my boyfriend got a burger and we were super pleased with our order. So feeling good about the fill-in station this week. And thank you guys so much for being on. We had so much fun uh, chatting with you. And I think this is going to be a really great episode. So oh, super I excited. Hope.
0: <laughs> yes. I hope so. It's our pleasure. Okay. Well, you both are wonderful. And now listen, uh, we did mostly fit into your guys's frame on this one. So next time we're going to get you both on, on a perfectly acceptable podcast. And we're going to make you both read a comic or something. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and then just get your like unbridled feedback about it. So, uh, cause yeah, you're both, you're both wonderful. And, and and yeah, I really like where you're coming from with this stuff.
1: What yeah. do you think about stories um, about witches?
0: Django that what? was edited out that's what the, the, no. burden about, oh, the burden about the burden about recording podcasts with Jago <laughs> is he says a thing where he's like edit this out and then he makes a great callback to it later on and you're like i can't use that callback because we edited the thing out Django we'll
2: see now though I can I'll edit that out and then you're gonna give us some applause and then he's gonna go so anyways about witches
0: yeah and it's <laughs> all right. gonna sound
2: like he just needs like Ritalin or something and so. I'm
4: <laughs> super
0: glad to not be in your position right now doing that thing where I'm figuring out on the spot how to turn this into a
1: product so thank right, you for hang letting on, me be here not I got that. a different joke all right you're, oh, ready? Okay. you're ready all right I'm ready all right in yeah. three, two. We'll have a speed round on our episode. Oh, great callback dude. <laughs> Yeah, great.
3: You're going to get a lot of unfiltered Maria. I hope you're ready for
0: it. <laughs> I love it. Get it. Get it. Get it.
2: And I, I need to be drinking for a speed round.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll even I'll even write. You know what? I would be great. I'll write a long list of like yes or no's for the both of you, and we'll go through them quickly, but only like 40 minutes into the podcast. Yes. Oh, yes.
4: Okay. okay. I yeah. got to get
0: out of here before I take over or whatever. <laughs>
2: Now we can officially call it a crossover.
0: Yes. Yes. Uh, we're going to follow up on some of this. We're going to make you donate some of your time to us at some point. I, I've decided that halfway through. We
3: love it. I this It'll be super cool. fun.
0: Well, thank you both so much. Like, genuinely, I'm so excited to have other active podcasts in Bellingham. I'm in love with this community and this place, and I would, you know, Love for there to be even more people out there making podcasts, and I've—it's been so cool to watch the both of you through Reddit, like be posting this stuff, or as you were starting it, I was tracking it all, and it's just uh, really cool. So I'm I'm proud of both of you, even though that sounds. Um, I'm in no position to be proud of people, but it's it's super cool.
3: I love I love compliments, so don't worry yeah. about it. Just yeah, keep them coming.
0: <laughs> well, isn't Django handsome? Sorry. <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Listen. How do I get out of this thing?
3: We're gonna say, um, stay healthy, Bellingham.
0: Please
1: stay healthy, Bellingham.
3: Yeah. Please stay, stay
1: healthy. healthy, Bellingham. Right, do we need to be more subdued though? Like
3: yeah, we're gonna stay? be more subdued.
1: Like, okay, yeah, are we stay? synchronizing it?
2: No. <laughs> One, two, three. You, you, cut, you cut the. You cut to the chase. I was gonna say, and I'm just gonna keep this all in. Uh, I was gonna say a little more subdued, and then she'd be like stay healthy but then you guys did it you were more subdued before i could even ask. don't so.
0: give us an opportunity to possibly speak because we'll both anxiously do it you guys this is your outro take it away my friends
3: yo bellingham health it up
0: <laughs>
3: I, I, can't, I can't do it
4: now. <laughs>
3: But we want to give a thanks to Jeff Figley for letting us use his music. A big thank you to Annika for doing the editing for this episode. Special thanks to our special guest. And thank you to all of our listeners. We love you so much. Spread the word.
2: That's amazing. (laughs)
1: See ya. Well, listen, you're the expert. You're going to edit this together however you want. Mm -hmm. Now, let's. Give it a couple seconds of silence and pretend that we just listened to ourselves get interviewed. Okay. That was fun. Gosh. We are entertaining. They are entertaining. They're more entertaining than us, to be frank. That was a blast. That was I would a do it fun. again. fun. I would do it again, although I don't know if I have anything else to say because they pretty much got our entire life stories. They, they juiced us like we were a thrice-squeezed lemon.
0: You squeeze that lemon three times, and it's going to come back to your first failed relationship from high school. And the fact that they went that deep on those interviews, you know, the fact that they didn't leave a stone unturned. They got, they squeezed the lemon a third time, and I ended up crying and talking about Kelsey, and it was horrible. And
1: So there's a thing in that interview that reminds me of something I saw on Reddit a couple days ago. No, you read it? Um, oh, yeah, I read it. I I have the worst username ever, Um, but there was somebody on there who posted a picture of Ted Bundy hanging out with a girl in front of the fireplace in the house that they live in. And so they live in a house that Ted Bundy lived in, just like you and Maria lived in a house. With the same
0: fireplace. Yeah. Okay. I had no fucking idea what that meant until you just looped it all together (laughs) i was like we got there ted bundy it's amazing Django. you have this uncanny knack for throwing a story in at a time where like this is the outro of their podcast in our podcast and that's the story that we're ending on is i was on reddit the other day and here's a thing i saw i'm not editing it out
1: thanks for listening everybody
0: Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll have a normal episode of the Perfectly Insettable Podcast soon. And uh, Marie and Annika will be back as well. And thanks for listening. And Django, thank you. Goodbye forever. Oh, I thought I was going to be the one that ultimately (laughs) did that.